welcome to the Televerse. This is Kate Kalzik, and it's a it's not a, a Saturday. So y'all might be confused <laughs> as to why you're hearing the dulcet sounds of my voice. And it's because um, Game of Thrones had a interesting episode this week called The Bells. And as y'all know, Noel doesn't listen to, doesn't listen to the show, doesn't watch the show, I should say, um, or listen to it. And so I had to call in some friends to do a little reaction mini special episode. So uh, new to the podcast, and this is such a sad reason to have you on for the first time, but welcome <laughs> after, you know, at long last, Clint Worthington from The Spool. Hello. And many other places. And welcome back to friend of the show, Alison Shoemaker. Hello. So, okay, listeners, peek behind the curtain. We literally had a half an hour of te- technical difficulties just now. <laughs> So this was intended to be like a delicious like crack into this bullshit of an episode and really <laughs> just linger in how stupid so many of the choices were. But I've got a heart out cuz you know work. So instead it's going to be quick and dirty. So let's start with this. Uh how are you guys feeling about se- this final season of Game of Thrones so far and did this episode shift anything? for you clint i'll throw it to you first uh can we all just for this remaining half hour just do a full-bodied scream into the microphone i think that'll probably (laughs) encapsulate our feelings yeah it's it's so weird to be frustrated but i am by this final season because like to a certain extent you know if you're part of the twitter discourse around like all the sort of quote-unquote heel turns that happened in last night's episode and all the big and like the big decision that was made and all the people on twitter saying oh well you know it's been foreshadowed since the beginning and I, i feel like that's not the point the point is that it's been done really lazily and uh, and just the pacing is really poor. And it's also just so very frustrating that an episode that has such great cinematography and editing and like there are some great set pieces and individual moments in it is just still like ugh, let down by this weird, weird rush to the end. Yeah. Allison, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm I. I'm sim. I feel similarly about the content of the episode to the way that Clint feels um, with the caveat that I am not in the least frustrated because I never expected it to work. Um, I, uh, I'm a, so I'm a book reader, which I think is always important in the game of Thrones conversations. Right. And, um, and I really admire the books a lot. They can sometimes be frustrating. Um, but for the most part, you know, I, I, I very much enjoy reading them. I'm a big fantasy nerd. So Martin's interest in sort of dissembling and um, re-investigating the tropes of fantasy and specifically of this kind of like Tolkien style fantasy, I think is really invigorating and cool. Um, so it's like, so like Clint, uh, I where I have my like sticking points is not in what happened so much, although it is horrifying, horrifying, Mm -hmm. but in the way that it's handled, um, both in terms of some very bad writing and a staff that is very obviously all dudes because nobody like, apparently it made me just sort of sad for the two D's because um, they just like, it seems like they don't have, women in their lives to say like dude you're you're telling a story you're not intending to tell here and the way that you're framing this entire arc and (laughs) so both like it's it's not um the what so much as like the how and the when and the why and the 
general rushed pacing and like previously on as a substitute for character development and like some really, really weird things. Um, but I also feel a little, uh, vindicated isn't quite the right word, but I guessed, I guess, um, I don't know, grimly satisfied that the show that I quit for quite a while for very specific reasons has reinforced all of those reasons in this final season. Um, Because, man, for a while I thought maybe I was just inventing things. But nope, they really just do not have a fucking clue what they're doing. (laughs) I mean, I think that was the sort of struggle for me for this final season because I knew I needed to cover it because I have a new outlet, so I feel like I should do recaps. But it feels like for me and a lot of other people, this final season's of Game this final season of game of thrones feels more like we just kind of want to see what happens as opposed to it being genuinely interested in what is actually happening, you know, in terms of like just being keeping up with the cultural conversation more so than genuine enjoyment of the show. And in that way, I suppose I shouldn't be surprised that all the shitty things that have happened have happened. It's interesting because I find myself hyped and excited to watch each episode, like the day it's going to air and then go like, so the the second episode I thought was was very good this season. I had a lot I of really agree. nice moments. That was great. There was if I could have seen the third episode, I would have liked most of it, though not all of it. <laughs> um, and and really, I think what has turned it for me this this for as far as this last season goes is it's just and I I'm not going to say lazy writing because I don't know. I'm sure it's very possible they worked their ass off. To oh, I'm sure this. they did. Yeah. Uh, so it's not lazy, but it's just bad <laughs> writing. Yeah. Um, that, they worked very hard at these bad choices. At these bad choices, and um, and and, and it's really you know what I, I I don't know if you, either of you guys saw those like leaks, spoiler leaks about what was going to happen. Uh, that came out uh like a few weeks back, and after some of the stuff in the fourth episode, uh, I was like wait a second oh crap every single one of those is true isn't it because they think this moment they had with jamie and brianne means this and i was assuming it means that because that's the only thing that makes sense with the seven seasons of character development they've done (laughs) but if they think (laughs) that the the seven seasons of character development don't matter or exist then it very much follows that we're about to get all of this bullshit which was spoiled. And then we did. And so I was a little prepared going into this episode of what was coming. Um, and it was still worse. <laughs> I yeah. thought it was going to be. So let's just dive in with that. Um, do you guys want to go briefly through different, like each of the different like story points? Do you want to focus by like, do you want to start with some things you thought they did well? Or do you want to just go on like a, cause for me, just about everything in this episode is done poorly like as far as the writing goes and is a betrayal of the show in various ways um, so i could go character by character or i could go like character based plot based uh, uh themes of the show based general narrative rules based i don't know how would you guys like to approach this um uh how about 
I, I don't think it's the worst thing to start with some positive things mm-hmm. sure. um, just because I don't want to get so hyped on like dunking on a bunch of nonsense that I forget to talk about some like really beautiful costumes or the score, which I'm just dying to hear Kate's thoughts on because I thought it was so wonderful. And I was yeah. so desperate to focus on positive things last night that I was just like dwelling endlessly on the score or like, I think some of the acting was very good. And I think in particular, there are, there are two actors who were tasked with basically single-handedly saving storylines from being total garbage and they at least one of them ultimately failed but no one could have succeeded and she did a really good job in like trying to make it work in spite of literally everything um so yeah so maybe positives first and then we can go i i think like category by category or story by story whichever is easier yeah i like that I, I, you know, I wholeheartedly agree. Let's let's do that because I think you're right, Allison. Amelia Clark does <sighs> as good as anyone's yeah. ever going to do when yep. tasked with what this episode tasks her with, and we'll Herculean. Co- we'll circle uh-huh. back to all the ways it like sets her up for failure and is betrayal of the character, and you know, like the those those little sh- like um, clips of like interviews from like a year ago, right when they finished filming, that have been making the rounds. Just makes so much sense now. Um, uh, where they asked, like, they asked Kit Harrington, you know, what is was his reaction? <laughs> he said, "Disappointing." And they, um, uh, they, they, yeah, there's just some some really delicious uh, reactions from about a year ago when nobody was paying attention. Um, but Amelia Clark is fabulous in the moment that they give her to decide to her character is going to go from a champion of the people to slaughtering tens of thousands if not more for no reason um and and i think that's all you know like i don't believe it but i think it's not her fault that i don't believe it did you guys have any thoughts on that moment yeah i mean i i agreed i did feel it did feel weird to me that they decided to at the beginning of the episode uh showcase how how downtrodden and how disappointed and uh broken she was after the events of last week and missing day's death by uh showing her retreating not e- not eating not in one conspicuous close-up not even wearing makeup which uh, i felt was an odd choice but um yeah no she's do she's doing what she can to to elevate this weird weird stuff and i almost wonder if the episode would have benefited from us even seeing like a little glimpse of her during that latter half of the episode after she makes the decision or if it's narratively best served by just leaving her out of the way if, if they remember that she's a character who's choosing to do this and not just someone riding a dragon that, yeah. yeah not just like a force of nature but like she should probably have a thought about what's happening yeah uh elson <laughs> so i'm getting yeah. bitchy here i'm getting super shady in what's supposed to be our positive portion that's okay. It's a, it's a Kate. It's a baby tree. It's yeah. a little like <laughs> yes, <know>. it is. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that she's. It it might honestly be my favorite Amelia Clark performance in the entire series. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just incredible, in spite of the fact that it makes no sense. Like if anybody could have sold this, she could have. And to be clear, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this more. It's not what Danny does that doesn't make sense if you were to like zoom really 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 far out and look at sort of where the story is taking her you can kind of see 
how this could, in theory, be an endpoint. But it makes no sense with regard to the character because they haven't at all prepared for this to happen. It feels completely abrupt um, in terms of the writing and the filmmaking and basically everything along the entire freaking way. Like the the whole marketing, like all of it. Um, so... The fact that it ever comes close to working, I think, is pretty much just to her credit, frankly, Um, because she really sells the despair and the rage and the like the weird, perverse thrill, like all of and you get it wordlessly, essentially, because she's got there's so little at the beginning and she's good in those scenes too don't get me wrong um the the scene with Varys on the beach is chilling and um the scene with john is bullshit but she really (laughs) sells it um but those shot those silent shots of her are just just astonishing um and uh yeah it it feels a little bit like, aha, uh, we're going to yeah. do a sports analogy. Um, <laughs> uh, it feels like sometimes if an athlete gets in some way like disrespected or dismissed or underestimated, um, they'll like go off and have the best game of their entire career, right? Like you've picked the wrong guy on the wrong day and now he's just going to like completely empty everything he's got in your general direction and you're not going to know what hit you. It really is like that. It's like Amelia Clark got handed the sack of crap and she was like, great, going to win me a fucking Emmy with this garbage. <laughs> you know what I mean? And she sadly probably won't um, because it's so terrible. But um, I really want to commend her for finding a way to treat the character with more respect than the show does. Yep. Right. I and, agree. Um, if we're still on the subject of things you we liked about the episode, I still like, I don't like how we got there and I don't necessarily like the narrative reasons for it, but as a piece of spectacle of apocalyptic spectacle, that sort of raising of King's landing, I thought was really well done. It reminded me a lot of children of men and weirdly enough. And I mentioned this in my recap, that Pompeii movie that Kit Harrington did a few years back. Um, but yeah, even just as a sheer bit of like spectacle, you know, I liked that premise of, seeing the raising of this entire city, the city we've sat with for like seven, eight years, probably close to a decade now um, from the perspective of the people who we don't normally get, you know, a lot of time with um, whether or not Arya is the best vehicle for showing that. And the latter thing is a different story, but um, I just thought in terms of just the sheer, the idea of it and the concept um, and even the execution was really, was really, really cool. Okay. I, I was so checked out and pissed off (laughs) that I couldn't even enjoy the pretty fire. Um, But yes, it was well, like, you know, it was good CGI, right? I was sitting there going like, this dragon who is obviously actually breathing fire onto these innocent people, um, this this plot choice is bullshit as opposed to this dragon looks bad (laughs) when while it's breathing fire. Someone better get Drogon some like tea with honey after this. Like his throat is probably really itchy. Um, another thing that I actually really, really liked, I didn't like it the first time because I was through, cause I did watch it a second up ep- this time, a second, I did watch this episode a second time so that I could like make sure that I was felt strongly and confident in my opinions. And I do. Um, but the, the second time through the opening stuff with Varys, I thought really worked. I think they did enough to underline that he's have, trying to have Martha poison her food, right? So he's like actively trying to assassinate her. So therefore, her killing him 
like is completely justified and makes sense, which is part of the problem with her later turn, but we'll get there. Um, and, but I also really liked the stuff we got with uh, Tyrion and Varys at the beginning. I thought it was spot on, really well mm-hmm. acted, really well written. Yeah. I thought um, half, about half of what we got with Jamie and uh, Tyrion was really great and half of it was bullshit. But again, that none of that's on the actors. It's on the writing. Um, mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, I I thought that there were like uh like the death of Kyburn was just delightful. Like what a <laughs> perfect yeah. spot on way to kill him. Um Yeah, borked by his own creation, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And 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 so so I, I that's I think what I would those are the things I can point to as far as being effective. Do you guys have anything any other things that work for you in the episode? Yeah, I um as always think the costuming is really excellent. I think that Danny's costume in particular was really smart um and looked amazing but also just like told a really good story um i thought the sort of reigns of castamere remix was kind of beautiful um stupid but yeah. beautiful uh and i thought Maisie williams was speaking of mostly wordless performances i thought Maisie williams was really excellent um again some stupid things in there uh but particularly <laughs> that like just so on the nose stuff at the end um if it worked at all worked both because it was beautiful to look at because it was really beautifully filmed and um and because she is so fucking good so um yeah but i mean like dinklage was really good just like the acting in general i think was very strong in this episode almost as if again uh someone told them that they were not going to be on the nba all-star team as a group and they all just decided (laughs) collectively to be like the hell we're not Let's make this work. (laughs) Um, They're acting like they have to save the youth center. (laughs) Totally. They just were like, nope, not, uh, not today, Satan, not today. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then uh, was, God, I was going to say something else. I don't remember what it was. I don't know. (laughs) I'm, I'm rooting. We were rooting for them. I'm still rooting for them. Uh, I just wish that they were in a better show. Yeah. Same. I am not still rooting for them. They have lost any chance that I'm going to root for them. Oh, um, I mean the actors. Oh, the I'm actors. For the oh, actors. Yeah. yeah, the actors. Not <laughs> yeah. the show, though. Like, I was no. rooting for the show going into this episode. I was like, maybe they'll, like, you know, like, some of this stuff is just stupid, but it can be, for me, boiled down to the fact that I just see and understand the characters differently than the showrunners do. Mm-hmm. Like some of the yeah. characters, the big one in this episode is, is the big two, I guess, are Jamie and Danny. Um, we both watched the same things and, and in their case, wrote it and came away with very different understandings of who the characters are. And, um, but that doesn't mean that they can't t- do a well done version of that character, even if I disagree with it. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah. they just shat all over that for, for me with this episode. Um, because of because of so many of these choices, um, and and you, Allison, you mentioned the Reigns of Castamere, right? Um, and you asked previously about my thoughts on the score, and I, I I'm not as into the Game of Thrones score as most people are. I think I mean obviously Ramin Jawadi is very good at what he does. Um, he's a very talented composer, and um, there's a reason that like for example the Game of Thrones theme is uh, like iconic among TV themes at this point, and there's a lot of really evocative, powerful scoring over the course of the run of the show. But you're gonna like how did how did 
Jamie and Cersei become our point of view rooting for emotional characters at the end. And what season are they lifted from? Because those are not season eight, (laughs) Jamie or Cersei. And so when the score comes in with the reigns of Castamere and I'm supposed to feel connected to it in some way i just the palette fucking rebels to quote a better hbo show um and the same thing with Tyrion too the writing for all three of these characters in this episode is such bullshit that i just can't even connect with the concept of the lannisters anymore yeah it feels like there it relies on them making these deliberately kind of dunderheaded decisions that especially for jamie really feels like like if you're going to pull a, a reversal where you know this notorious jackass who sleeps with his sister um is going to start teasing towards humanity only to pull back at the last minute they could there's so many ways they could have done it better um and also just just the way they go out and also it's the way Cersei's been treated all season. She's literally just been standing up on that spire for what, five episodes now? Mm-hmm. Um, like they if one of the greatest, most complicated characters on this show who's been through so much, and they just literally they literally like put her up on a pedestal and she doesn't even speak really, I think, until Jamie picks her up. Yeah. Well, because, you know, after watching her grow as a villain and a fascinating character, the and, and just really weaving her own fate the death for Cersei Lannister that makes the most sense and is the most fitting and most narratively satisfying is having her like smashed under rubble I guess somewhere in with Jamie like that's that's what makes sense to pay off your also what was the point of that whole bullshit you're on Jamie fight with (laughs) the battle of the fuck boys yeah, Battle of the Fuck Boys. <laughs> I forgot about it for just a second. I Looks literally to camera. Finished, I finished writing about it just like 10 minutes ago, and I had already forgotten it even happened. Yeah. Uh, the Battle Justice of the Fuck Boys. for Yara. I mean, come on. Like, who thought right. that was a good idea? And the answer is D&D. And as Allison, you previously already stated, if there was ever a sign that they needed other people in their writing room or just, yeah. to, just to talk to them. You know, maybe like talk to some queer people and or uh, some some straight women, just anybody attracted to men. And they will tell you that Euron is not working and not interesting <laughs> and has been a massive failure. So it doesn't work to have a big climactic battle between him and Jamie. If anyone's going to kill Euron besides Drogon, it needs to be Yara. But apparently she's just or chilling. Or Cersei. Or Cersei. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they have more skin in the game. Well, and also the whole the whole thing about uh, you know I'm he looks to the camera, wink, wink, oh and says God. I'm the man who killed Jamie Lannister, only for them to not use the wounds to kill Jamie Lannister. Yeah, well, I mean, and the notion that he like that is very in character for him to die thinking that he's done some grand thing that he just hasn't done. He's just wrong yeah. on that. Like that, I do think that that works on, on a level, but, um, but it's just, it's not interesting of all the various things you could do in this episode. That's what you carve time. Out. No one cares. We were happy when he got just burned theoretically. If you just don't have him jump off the ship, come on. There's a lot of jumping off ships this season to avoid yeah. terrible yeah. things happening. Yeah. And not drowning in your armor. Yeah. Um, right. I feel like, because we're going to get to some more of these character moments uh, before we run out of time here, but I feel like one of the biggest betrayals they have in this 
episode that is the most frustrating is that now Drogon is invincible and scorpions are useless. Yes. And uh, so while apparently dragons can't like see things like ships that are hiding in the middle of nowhere that can see the dragons, but the dragons can't see them, which is how you can shoot Rhaegar uh, three times with no notice, but Drogon with an entire fleet, suddenly I guess Danny read a book. Maybe it's one that Sam left behind <laughs> when he when he went off with Gilly. Uh but she knows tactics now that she has never shown. And also uh yeah, there's no concern that maybe you know Drogon's gonna die. And so instantly all the defenses of King's Landing are useless and all the scorpions are useless and it's don't you guys understand it's the penultimate episode, so that's what has to happen. Yeah, it was so it was so bad. I mean, I guess if you were to hand ring around excuses, the whole Rhaegal thing, I feel like they made a point last episode of being like, well, they're tired from fighting zombies, so they may not be at their greatest reflexes, but still it was it was so forced. And it was like the, the most egregious kind of and I hate to say it plot armor. You know, it's just it was just there for the sake of, you know, overcoming, I guess. Yeah. And now, if that's all it takes to to burn down the walls and kill all those, uh, destroy all the scorpions, why didn't she just do that earlier when they were going to parlay? Yeah, when they did the whole Monty Python scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was a whole. It was a whole thing. Allison, did that bother you? Oh, I, I mean, sure. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> that. It all like it all bothers me. I just. <laughs> Um, I, you know, the show has alternately been invested in Danny as either a once in a generation leader or an inept girl off and on for seasons. Like, of course, one week she's a genius strategist who doesn't even need to fill in the person in charge of her army as to what the plan is. Mm-hmm. And of course, the week prior, she can't even get it together to send. Not neither she nor anyone working with her gets it together to send a scout ahead to make sure they're not about to be ambushed. Like, yeah. like of of course, of course, that's what happened. The show isn't actually invested in her qualities as a person or a leader. You know, it's all it's always been about narrative convenience. And can we always all, can we all stop pretending that John's going to make this great king? Like early on, like that's that scene with Varys and Tyrion where Varys says he will rule wisely and well. How do you know? So and here's also- here's my frustration there. Yeah. Um the I hate to be one of those in the books people, uh-huh. but in the books, there's this <laughs> whole under like constant theme of not a per a good person isn't always a good leader. Right. And a, a a good leader isn't always necessarily a good person. Right. Like some of the people who have been effective leaders have been shitty ass people. And some of the people who are excellent, excellent humans are terrible leaders. I mean, like, obviously, that's the whole point of Ned Stark. Right. So with both Don, with both John and Danny, 
there's so much to explore with that idea specifically. And part of what, when John gets assassinated, part of what's happening is that he's so busy considering his own moral compass and his sense of right and wrong that he doesn't realize that he has infuriated the people he's supposed to be leading and isn't actually listening to them or paying attention to what they want, which makes him a bad leader, right? Now, if what the show wanted to do was take that guy who fucked up so badly and then fucked up again and then fucked up again and show him learning lessons from those things so that Varys could say, you would be a good leader because I've because we've seen that you've made these mistakes and learned from them, that would be one thing. But again, the show isn't actually invested in any of those qualities. It only cares about plot. And then the plotting isn't even good, right? Like they, and maybe that would be okay if their base had been in some other story that's not 100% like where all the dragons and the mysticism and shit, it's all just trappings for the inner workings of minds and how people batter at each other and how their worst qualities are drawn out in some ways and their best qualities minimized and all of this stuff, then maybe that would be fine. Maybe this could just be a plot show, but it's never actually been a plot show. It's always been a character show, only they stopped writing characters like five fucking years ago. You know, yeah. it just, it makes me so, and mad isn't even the right word. Cause I stopped being mad about it years ago too. Right. Like it just, there's, he can't say that John would be this fair leader because we've never actually seen any evidence of that. It's just that now is the time that we're supposed to all believe it. So the show is assuming it's true without any, anything to back it up at all. And just like the show is assuming that Danny is crazy without anything to back it up at all there are so many reasons to say that danny is a bad leader lots of them lots and lots of things you could say where this is the wrong person to be on the throne and also maybe there shouldn't be a throne that would also be an interesting point to discuss but um so many reasons and then they just they they don't care because at some point george R. R. martin said in some meal or something well you know the Targaryens, you flip a coin and they just decided that was all they needed and they didn't actually bother to do the work. Yeah, I, I think that goes back to your point earlier, Kate, where I feel like, especially with the rushed nature of the season, which, by the way, it should be reiterated, they asked for. HBO was going to give them more money for an episode order, but they were like, no, we can do it in six. Um, but they use things like the previously ons and the inside the episodes as a substitute for telling the story in the episode itself. Like, I found myself... Like in the previously on for this, like when you see her, her, her mean face or like her, you know, she's so infuriated after the end of that last episode, you hear all the voiceovers from everything else to make her seem more mad than she is. So lazy. Uh, it was very lazy. And yeah. And then all the stuff in the inside of the episode where like, it's all just like D&D &D just describing what you just watched. Um, but we're just like, you know, we were thinking about this and like, oh, okay, well, good for you. It's just very infuriating. Yeah. Well, I, I I think we're just about out of time here, so we should probably do a few, like a quick. Let's do let's do a quick one at a time. We'll go around yeah. the bend. Something that pissed you off about this episode that you feel like you want to <laughs> say. So who wants to go first? Just just one thing, real quick, and then we'll keep going around till we're out or until Kate, we're out. You of time. go first. We've okay. been talking so much. Yeah. Okay. Genetics doesn't doesn't determine who you are. So like it's a it's part of it, but 
uh, all Lannisters uh, go crazy. All Lannisters, and or not sorry, Lannisters, sorry, Targaryens go mad. Well, that's because they're raised by crazy people in this very specific area. She was not. She's completely different. You know who's also a Targaryen is John, and no one's going. Well, you know those Targaryens about John. It's a bunch of bullshit, lazy writing, and they don't want to show their work. That's one. Who's next? Hashtag not all Targs. Um, yeah. I I hate that um, I kind of, in the moment, loved the Clegane Bowl. I fucking hated the Clegane Bowl. Yeah, uh, perhaps. <laughs> I'll get in there the in most, a moment. Sorry, go in ahead. The most, well, it, it just, uh, for some reason, I was just, I needed something really just dumb and fan y to, like, get me through what I was watching. And I was just like, you know what? I'm I'm cool with this. Whatever. Allison, go ahead. Um, that horse was injured. She shouldn't have ridden it. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Clegane Bowl. How do you miss the point so horribly badly? <laughs> the mountain is not a character, so I can't care when he's having a battle with the hound. And also, the point is not the spectacle, the roof falling off this major thing. The point is the intimate character relationships. Oberyn versus the mountain was more impactful and meaningful than Clegane Bowl, and that shows a fundamental lack of understanding of character, narrative storytelling, and how you pay something off. Also, if they wanted to make that the climactic thing in their finale, their penultimate episode, I should say, they needed to do a shit ton more work setting it up earlier. Okay, next. Go ahead, Clint. Oh, uh, that's pretty much. Oh, except um, I guess I'm the the weird faux like, you know, Monday morning quarterback in me is kind of upset that, uh, you know, the whole thing with Arya being the one person to survive and you see her like get up and there's only you only see one half of her face. And I was half expecting them to have her turn around and she has like a hound esque scar on the other side of her head because they're the same now. I don't know. I'm I'm at once glad and infuriated that they didn't do that. Uh, well, I'm glad. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's say, what should I, what do I want to say next? I just want to keep talking about how that horse was injured. Why yeah. did she ride that horse? Um, okay. So there's totally a way to make Jamie realizing that what he wants to do ultimately is die when his sister does. There's a way to tell that story and make it compelling. Um, that was never communicated literally until the moment that he walked into that room and saw her. I just didn't know if he was going to kill her or something else entirely. It was literally not until the final moment where it was like, Oh no, this is really just, Oh, mm, okay. Cause they didn't care why he was doing it. It was just that they were navigating him to an end that they had decided years ago and then stopped paying attention. Uh, and what a waste of two extraordinary talents. Those actors are so fucking good. And then they just stood there. What yeah. garbage. Couldn't they have like anything, anything, anything. And they, but neither of them tried to dig out. Neither of them tried to find another way. Neither of them like, decided maybe they wanted to go out by their own terms or like something like something they couldn't one of them couldn't mercy kill the other one just like anything literally anything like jamie couldn't go hey i met a girl like like anything anything nothing Ugh. anything would have been better yeah jamie is the king slayer and you don't pay that off by at least he, you can either have him be the queen slayer because he's he's understanding that his threat is not actually cersei his threat is the need the being driven to defend king's landing against someone who's going to cause his destruction and that then maybe in the moment realizing he can't actually do it this time that would be fascinating they don't do yeah. that 
they they don't do him going back and realizing the opposite that he needs to end Cersei. That would also have been more interesting. There's a lot of different things that ways that could have done that that could have been much 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 better. Um, also, if if Brienne had just tucked him into bed instead of sleeping with him, and he felt like, see, no one's ever going to love me, so I have to go back to Cersei, that would be more interesting too. There's lots of different things they could have done. They chose none of them. Um, also, the reason she rides the horse is so that you know she can be riding a pale horse, and her name is Death. See what see what they did there, guys. Right. See what yeah. they they're, they're so smart. Um, and then my last one I'll do right now because I, I gotta go to work. Um, Miss Ende literally has one possession, and it's her slave collar. Really, guys? <laughs> yeah. Really? You get to bring one personal item. One personal on the trip item to Westeros of everything ever, and that's that's how that just shows what these right how these writers see these characters. Also, why is uh, uh, I said that was the last one, and then I just got going. Why? Uh, <laughs> why is Davos in the front lines? He has one usable hand. Why is he there? Also, why are none of them wearing helmets? Also, you know what could have worked really great if you wanted to to have Danny snap, like have somebody like ha- one of the civilians freak out and 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 kill Grey Worm, and then she lights everything up. That would have worked. But no, apparently Grey Worm also is like, let's slaughter us some innocents. So yeah. yeah. Well, and also when she got mad, why didn't she just burn the red keep first? She's right there on a on a spire. Because that's just like looking at children as she burns them alive is just very in character with Danny. <laughs> you know, with everything she's ever done, so, she's got to burninate all the people in their thatched cottages. She needs to burninate yeah. all, all, all of the people. Also, Arya, why do they need to leave the shelter? Because they're gonna die there. In the, in the, instead, they need to run out into the street so they can get mowed down by Dothraki. I mean, like, oh my god, it's so stupid. And if the only thing you can do to try to in, like get an emotional catharsis for your episode is pretend to kill Arya three times, what the fuck? Sorry, I'm. Oh gosh, I really wanted to to go off even more, but I'm out of time. Do you guys have we'll any have final to... thoughts? Well, how about this? How about we check in again next week without half an hour of technical yeah. difficulties? Sure, yeah. We'll have what a whole think? new crop of things to be mad about. Oh, so many. So many. We're going to need some drinks. We're going to need uh, some drinks. Uh, I, I, yeah. I needed the palate cleanser of the Veep finale after Thank last God night. it was, it was great, great, right? Oh, it was man. so good. It was so good. Okay. Well, thank you, lovely people, for coming out and letting me rant at you and also <laughs> sometimes discuss with you. Um, where can our listeners find you and your work online uh you can find me on twitter at clint worthing and i also am a senior writer at consequence of sound and editor-in-chief of the film and tv website the spool which you can find at the spool.net uh, i'm allison shoemaker you can find me on twitter at allison shoe and i don't know other places <laughs> all of the places and uh, you can you can read my totally ridiculous weekly game of thrones column who ate best on this week's game of thrones <laughs> at the takeout.com this week's answer was no one uh it was great <laughs> and you can hear all of our lovely voices on the spools a hall of faces definitely my my wonderful two guests and then then i'm on rather frequently to talk about I think our favorite characters so far. not every most but not yeah. all most yeah, but not so. all anyways listeners thank you so much uh i would say reach out with your thoughts but if you are super on board with this episode unless you've got a compelling like thoughtful reason that you want to engage with me about probably just don't just but if you want to bitch with about it with me at the televerse on twitter you know i love that shit so 
can I, Yay. as a closing, as a closing note, can I add my very favorite thing about last night's episode? Go for it. Uh, it's that you can sing the name Peter Dinklage to the theme song over yep. and over again, and it's the best. <laughs> so you just go Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, and it's the best. That's all. <laughs> Good times. That feels like the right level, like the right note to end on, the right appropriate, respectful approach to to the show and an appropriate uh, way to celebrate one of the terrific actors on this show. Okay. Thank you all so much. I'll be back later this week for a Game of Thrones mostly free episode of the Televerse. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. 